Our text for this morning is uh, for this first Sunday of Advent is found in Isaiah, the Old Testament lesson. The great prophet says, You come to help those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. But when we continued to sin against them, you were angry. How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean. All our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf and the wind with our sins sweep us away. And yet, Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We're all the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord, and do not remember our sins forever. Dear friends of Christ, Carrie Underwood sings a song. It's a Christmas song titled, Jesus Take the Wheel, and It's about a woman who is going home on Christmas Eve and she's about 50 miles away from home when her car hits black ice and she starts to spin and she loses control of the car. And she lets go of the wheel and she says, Jesus, take the wheel. Then the car gently spun down the center of the highway and came to a a peaceful rest, not even waking up her sleeping child in the back seat. Thankful, she prays again. This time she prays for the Lord to direct her whole life. You see, because she'd been dealing with many problems, difficulties, and trials, her life wasn't easy. Jesus, take the wheel. Get me safely through. And maybe you've prayed a prayer like that before. A prayer like that, Jesus, please come, I can't handle it anymore. Jesus, please come, I need your help, I need your strength, I I need your promise, I need your presence. You know, when trouble and evil overwhelm us and, and surround us, that's what we pray, Lord, come down. Come down and be with me and rescue me. And so our prayer and our theme for this morning, Jesus, come down. Take the wheel. Today is the beginning of our Advent season. And of course, Advent is a word that means coming. So Jesus is coming. And we think about how Jesus uh, comes down to rescue us, to take the wheel. And the way the world is right now, And the way our country is right now, it's in a mess. I think in the next month, two months, we could see things unprecedented around the corner. I don't know. We'll see. The country, the immorality, the corruption, where the church stands, how we stand together. Oh, we need Jesus to come down. To put a stop to it all, once and for all. To put a stop, we need Him to come down and reclaim His kingdom. During Advent, not only do we look at the fact that that Jesus is going to come down, come down again, we also look back. We look back 2,000 years ago to His birth. And we have the Advent candle like a birthday cake with the first light and it gets brighter and brighter until that Christmas day when Christ is born and we celebrate that He came into the world in human flesh to save us. But we also remember 
Not only did he come, and is he coming, but he comes to us today. You see, Jesus is here, and he comes to us, and we remember that, and we celebrate that in Advent. He comes to us in the power of his word. He comes to us in the power of baptism. He comes to us in our baptism every day, and in the Lord's Supper, in the body and blood of Christ. He comes to us in his promise. And we pray in the midst of our broken and sinful lives. Jesus, come down and take the wheel. Isaiah prayed the same prayer. Oh, that you would rend the heavens. Tear open is the word. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. He wanted Jesus to come. He wanted the Messiah to come. We want Jesus to come again. That's our prayer that you come and take us home. And he could, it could happen at any moment. Jesus could appear in the clouds of glory. And at any moment, take us home to our eternal glory. Don't you see? That's a reality that you and I live with. He could come again at any moment. And of course, our text in, the, in, the, in our gospel lesson said that's why you need to watch. Watch, stay awake, don't fall asleep. Don't let your face slide away. In the midst of our worldly woes, in the midst of all the trouble and the pain and the brokenness that we see all around us, we pray, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. Throughout our Old Testament lesson, that's the prayer that people prayed. And they prayed it over and over and over again. It was a prayer of deliverance. It was a prayer of, of, uh, of salvation. And it was an oft-repeated theme, deliverance. Listen to their cry. These are the words just preceding our text in the Old Testament. You are our Redeemer. Why, O Lord, do you make us wander from your ways? Why do you harden our hearts so we do not revere you? Return. For the sake of your servants. They prayed for the Lord to return. Why? Well, because for a little while the Lord had left them. You didn't know he could do that, did you? For a little while he abandoned his people. In fact, the Bible says the Lord was so angry. He was so angry, he hardened their hearts. Why did he harden their hearts? Because the people had hardened their hearts toward him. They had decided to worship other gods, and they certainly didn't follow in his ways, and they didn't worship him, didn't call out to him. And so God left them to their own devices and their own sins and their own predilections. He abandoned them. He abandoned them to deal with the brokenness of their lives all by themselves. Oh, it was a curse. God left His people because His people had chosen to leave Him. And so now God speaks to His rebellious people in Isaiah chapter 1. I reared children, I raised children, and I brought them up, but they rebelled against me. Oh, how that must feel as a parent. 
to know all that you put into your child and to watch your child go in a whole completely different direction. And things usually don't go well. And things don't go well when people rebel against God. Isaiah continues, Woe to the sinful nation! Woe to the people whose guilt is great, a brood of evildoers, children given to corruption. They've forsaken the Lord. They have spurned the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on Him. It sounds like our day, doesn't it? Sure does. People leaving the Lord in great numbers. The Lord returning to punish them. And then God tells Isaiah how He is going to punish them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. And when you offer many prayers, I'm not listening. Your hands are full of blood. In the first chapter of Romans, Paul tells us what happens when people harden their hearts toward the Lord. What happens when people turn against the Lord, against His Word, against His ways, against His command? What happens when people decide not to follow Him, to brazenly disobey? He turns them over to their ways. He lets them go. He gives the people what they want. And they sink. They sink in their brokenness. And in their corruption, in their pain and misery. And they sink. Until they come to their senses and cry out, Lord, rend the heavens and come down again. Lord, we've had enough of this sinful rebellion. Our sinful rebellion Come to us, save us, deliver us, rescue us. Jesus, come down and take the wheel. Isn't that our cry? The cry of the church in our day, as we believers yearn for the Lord to return? To turn to us in mercy, to turn to us in grace, to deliver us, but not just us, to turn to them in mercy. To deliver them. During the last days, just before Christ returns, we know what's going to happen. The people will oppose God. They'll oppose His church. They'll oppose His word. We know that opposition will grow. We know that people will leave the faith in great numbers. Waves of disobedience will increase. Jesus warned This is what's going to take place. And he said, All and because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. Doesn't that describe our day? People will wander away from God, and the love of the people will grow cold. There will be hatred, and there will be anger, and there will be unrest. There will be social disagreements and animosity and what did jesus promise their hearts will grow cold well that's what the way, that's the way things were in the days of isaiah too 
Same thing. And that's why we hear God's people praying, Lord, return, come back. And they cried, rend the heavens and come down. You see, the people were at the end of their ropes, and we may not be at the end of our ropes yet. Yet. But the day's coming. God says the day is coming when we will ask Him to come and rend open the heavens and come down and save us. Jesus, come down and take the wheel. You know, the people of the Old Testament yearned for God to come down and deal with their enemies. And there were a lot of enemies in the Old Testament. I can tell, I can go one story after another how God delivered people, His people from the enemies. But let's go to the one where uh, the, they were slaves in Egypt. And of course, then God sends Moses and, and the ten plagues and they drive them out, let the people go, and they, they went. And Pharaoh changed his mind and the armies chased after them. And they were trapped between the army and the Red Sea. An archaeologist found Egyptian chariot wheels in the bottom of that Red Sea. Because the Bible says that as the chariot army, God parted the waters and the children of Israel went through and the chariots started to come through too and their wheels started to fall off their chariots. Exodus tells us what all the soldiers, the Egyptian soldiers said. The Egyptians said to each other, let's free flee away from Israel for the Lord is fighting for them. And he did. The waters covered them and they perished. And God did come down. It was a fearsome thing. And it will be that way again. When Jesus returns in the clouds of glory... Revelation tells us what the unbelievers will say. Everyone will hide themselves in the caves among the rocks and the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us! Hide us from the face of Him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great, and the great day of their wrath has come. Who can stand? Do you realize we pray for that day to come quickly? We pray it in the Lord's Prayer. Deliver us from evil. Lord, come down. Take the wheel. And as believers, the constant news that's around us of, of shootings at the Mall of America, you've got the constant news of, of, of rioting, of, of whatever is going on politically in our country, of the immorality of the false teachings in the church. It makes us weary. We grow tired, tired against the battle of sin, against the battle of sin, not only all around us, but the battle of sin within us. And it is within us, and Jesus is our only hope, the only hope who can come and set us free, the only one who can deliver us from all this wickedness, and Jesus has a plan. He did come, and He is coming again to rescue us. People of faith have always put their trust and confidence in the Lord. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for Him. 
Psalm 130 says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in His word I put my hope. And then it goes on to say, O Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, He will redeem Israel from all their sins. So God has a plan to come, to take the wheel, to deliver His people from the fallen world, from this curse that we live. He's coming to deliver us from the curse, and we're all under the curse, and and our text even talks about the hopeless condition of our sin. It says, all of us have become like one who is unclean. All our righteous acts are like filthy rags, and we all shrivel like a leaf, and the wind sweeps away our sins, and no one calls on your name, no one strives to lay hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us, and you made us waste away because of our sins. We're unclean. We're an unholy people. Even the good things we do are filthy rags. The leaves wither and perish, and so will we. And that's why our cry goes up, who can be saved, who can be saved, who can be saved. But then we hear these comforting words from our text, yet, Lord, you are the Father. You're our Father. We're your children. We are the clay, and you are the potter, and you mold us, and you shape us, and you have a plan, and you come to deliver us. We are all the work of your hand. We're the work of God's hand. He created us. He shaped us. He strengthens us. We're his new creation. He's the architect of that salvation. And he comes to us. He comes to strengthen us, to help us, to forgive us, to lead us. But we see all the brokenness, the pain, the sin all around us. We see it in us. And we cry out, Lord, we've had enough of our sinful rebellion. Lord, rend the heavens, come down. Deliver us and save us. Jesus, come down and take the wheel. And so we long for Jesus to come again. It's Advent. That's what we do. Come. Take us home. To that place that you prepared for us. Maybe this will be our last Christmas on earth before we're called again in glory. Even so. Lord Jesus, come. Amen. Now may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and the life everlasting. Amen.